revive us again. Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Well, tonight's going to be just a a tad different, not a lot, but um, I want to show you something that I... I pray will be a blessing to you, because I'm going to speak on how to know the will of God. And, you know, some things are in the will of God, clear and direct. There's other things that are, well, uh, it's progressive revelation. Uh, God doesn't always tell you up front everything He wants you to do. He just wants you to submit to His will and do whatever He says do. Uh, Little do men understand that when they get married. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes he tells you everything that you're supposed to do, and then sometimes you just have to go through and he reveals more as you go. And if you make a mistake, you have to correct it and go back and do it again. I want to give this to you because I think it'll help you and be a blessing to you because of how important it is for the will of God because when you stop and think about it, that's one of the most important things in the whole world. For the lost man, the man that doesn't know where he's going when he dies, it's the will of God that he hears the gospel, the good news of how he can have eternal life. And simply by trusting Christ as Savior, he can know that he's going to heaven whenever he dies. And so turn in your Bible to the book of Hebrews and chapter 10. Hebrews and chapter 10. Because the Lord says that he came into the world not to do his own will, but the will of him that sent him. And so God prepared a body, and then Christ submitted the body, and then Christ offered the body. You see, we were born into this world into a body. Christ was born into this world into a body. Now, our bodies has an old sinful nature, but Christ did not have a sinful nature, but we do. And so, because of that, we are bent on doing our own thing, our own will. So, that's why we are so rebellious, because of our sinful nature. We want our own way. We do not like it when anybody tells us what we can and cannot do. Now, when it comes to you and the Lord, is He someone that you can totally trust. Can you trust the Lord? And can you commit your whole life to Him? This is after you've trusted Christ as Savior. See, whenever you get saved, you're committing your soul into His care for His keeping. 
And that's why he says, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. So whenever you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you were trusting Jesus Christ to save you, to give you eternal life, and take you to heaven whenever you die. So that's how we know we're going to heaven when we die. It's not because we're good, because he's good. And you can't earn it, can't work for it. But after you trusted Christ as your Savior, what is the will of God for me? So you look at just a couple things and realize what God did for his son. And then he was our example. So there's some things that we can learn from it. So Hebrews chapter 10, look there in verse 5. Verse 5 says, when, therefore, uh, when he cometh into the world. So that means he came into the world, but he existed before the world began. The Bible teaches that. And says, sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In other words, God was not satisfied with all the sacrifices that had would been made by the bulls and goats and all these animals. So God wasn't satisfied with that. And so that's why it was just a covering, atonement that one meant. It's simply meaning that it just appeased the anger of God until Christ came and then the full anger and wrath of God fell upon his son. And so he says here in verse 5, a body hast thou prepared me. Now, when he says a body hast thou prepared me, Hebrews 9, 28, just look there real quick, just one chapter back, chapter 9, verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So when he came into the world, he came for a reason. He came to bear the sins of individuals. In other words, to pay for what we have done wrong. So he says, a body hast thou prepared me. Now, in offerings and sacrifices, in verse 6, for sin thou hast have no pleasure... God was not pleased with him. But then he says in verse 7, Then I said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. And these words, To do thy will, O God. So I come to do thy will. We know he came into the world, and God prepared for him a body. And then he was to take that body that he had, and he had to commit himself to the Father, to do whatever the Father wanted him to do, so that he would have, I guess, the test of everyone, whether or not is he without sin, what was required, how was he tested. So he says that he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So Christ came into the world, took upon himself a body, and then in that body, he had to submit himself to whatever the Father wanted to put him through. And so there were a lot of trials and testings and so on. And then the Bible says here in uh, verse 8, Above when he said, Sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou would if not, neither hath pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Says it again, I come to do thy will. Whatever was the will of the Father, that's what he did. Now, you and I know the most difficult thing it is for us is when we have children. Teaching the children to obey their mother and father. And not always having to use philosophy on them. 
but to tell them to do something without them questioning. To quickly and humbly obey without back talk, without sassing their mom or their dad. To sweetly, whatever thy will, O mother and father, whatever you say, dearest dad, and to never challenge the authority in the home. You know, like your children do. Like you see your grandkids do. You know, like you were. Wouldn't it be neat if everyone simply learned how to obey authority? And so if we would obey authority, and authority would obey those that are in authority over them, you know, we would have a wonderful world in which to live, even with a sinful nature. But this old sinful nature that we have in us gets the best of us. And so after a while, that little darling that you know is a little angel, and you probably think that they weren't even born with a sinful nature, do you realize how fast they can turn ugly? And that sweet, pretty little girl, that little darling, become a mean and ugly little witch? And you'll want to spank that little child. Now we've gotten to the place today where you, you, yeah, you can't do that. I believe that's one of the things that's really harming our country is because there's no discipline at home. Because they've taken away the, the power structure. They've taken away the rights of parents to raise their children, to discipline their children. I'm not talking about killing the kids, but I am thinking about, I believe that it's good, good. God has built all the little children with a nice little padded area back there. And I believe that it ought to be met once in a while with the Board of Education. Boom. You say, you don't believe? Yes, I do. Why? Because it's in the Bible. God knows more about how to raise kids than Dr. Spock. I believe in Dr. Spank. And I believe that there ought to be better authority in the homes to where the children have learned how to submit themselves to authority. And the reason is because when they get a little bit older and they got to go to school, they got to learn how to submit to authority in the school classroom. When they get a job, they've got to learn how to submit to authority. We have people today that are just plain rebellious. They don't want anybody telling them how to live. And look at the world today and how we're going. It's all over the world. You see all these Occupy sit-ins, all the things like that. All it is is nothing more than rebellion. It's rebellion. And they want everything done according to their will. And they want to take away your will or your right or your assets, and they want it. Anytime somebody usually says, you know, you have too much power, you have too much money, what they mean is, I want some. I want some of the power, and I want some of the money. You owe me. And so we have rebellion in our country, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. I just showed them a little clipping in the paper that was there this morning. The world is looking for a leader. The world is looking for a leader. Uh, this week, they were over there in Europe, and everybody getting together, and they need a leader. I wonder who it's going to It's not going to be me. 
but the world is looking for a leader. And you know where that's going to lead to sooner or later. We know how things are going to have to get in this world. We know the tribulation period lies right ahead of us, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Now, if you'll notice there, the Bible says that this body has to be offered. See there in verse 12, but this man after he offered. So he prepared a body, and then he humbled the body, submitted the body, and then offered the body, even unto death. So now when you and I come along and we trust Christ as our Savior, it is the will of God that we learn that we're supposed to submit to the Lord. Take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of John in chapter 6. The Gospel of John and chapter 6. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, in referring to his Father, we often talk about verse 37, and we often talk about verse 38, 39. But I want you to notice right between this verse 37 and 39, uh, a, a wonderful little statement. In verse 38 says, For I came down from heaven, and you ought to underline this, not to do mine own will. Now think for a moment for yourself, because as we read Scripture, we're always supposed to seek to apply it to our lives. And Christ was our example on how you and I are supposed to live, because now God, the creator of heaven and earth, is our Father. I am not here. You are not here according to our own will. We're not here to do things according to our own will, but the will of Him that sent us. You see, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, your citizenship is in heaven. That's because that's where you were born of God. And it's like you're sent here into another world, just like Christ was sent into the world and went to heaven, and then we were born of God and sent into the world. And he says, as the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. So all of us in this world have been sent into the world to do his will. So we simply, simply find out what is the will of God, and then we're supposed to do that. Wouldn't it be neat if all of God's children believed that? And we would seek to try to influence people to serve the Lord with all their heart. So in the midst of that, we have some things to think about. Look there at letter A. At the beginning of his ministry, this is what he said. Now, he didn't say this at the beginning, but it's referring to the beginning because he talks about when I came into the world. That's what he wanted to do. Look in John chapter 4. Just turn your Bible to the left a couple of pages. And you'll notice there in chapter 4 and verse 34, Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and you ought to underline it, finish his work. See, it's his work. It's not our work. Look at all the things that Christ did while he was here. But it wasn't his work. It was the Father's work. You and I in this world, we're not here to do our own thing. We're not here to seek and to do our own will, but the will of him that sent us. So if that is true, 
then we're here to do his work. Whatever the work is that he has for us, that's what we're supposed to do. And so he says, my meat means that which satisfies me. You see, when you were looking for physical food, because they'd ask him, do you, have you had anything to eat? And they thought he'd done, somebody had brought him a McDonald hamburger or something. And he says, my meat, that which satisfies my soul, is to do the will of him that sent me. There's more satisfaction in that than all the food in this world will ever do for you. There's something that means more to you, that you want to chew on, that you want to swallow, that really satisfies. And if I could only get people to taste and to see that the Lord is good. And in your own soul, you say, this means more to me. This is what I want. You don't usually have to worry about a person who understands that and gets a taste of it because they want more and more and more. It's those that never have really tasted and seen how great God is. And I'm not talking about your salvation. You've already trusted Christ as Savior. I'm talking about in the joy of serving the Lord, the joy of surrendering your will to his will so that you'll do whatever God wants you to do. Such satisfaction that's there. Now, look here in John 5.30. John chapter 5 and verse 30. And notice what it says here in verse 30. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. Over and over and over again, this is what he says. At the beginning of his ministry, in the midst of his ministry, and yes, even at the end of his ministry, this was what Christ was about. Just doing the will of the Father. See, when you begin to get a little lost in your life, and you're not sure what you're doing, go back to the drawing board. Go back to the basis. Go back to the fundamentals. Get back to the Word of God and find out, now, wait a minute. Who am I? Why does God allow me to live? What is the purpose of my life from God's point of view? What does he want me to do so I'll know what my responsibilities are? And then you'll know whether or not you're succeeding or been a failure. Your faithfulness to the Lord is judged upon and according to the revealed will of God. Because if you don't know what that is, all the intentions of the world, the motives, it won't matter. You need to know what is the will of God, and that's why you do what God wants you to do. John chapter 18 Look there real quick. John chapter 18. John 18 and verse 11. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheaf. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? In other words, whatever this refers to, and there's different opinions about what it is. It could be the cross. It could be the premature death in the garden. But whatever it is, regardless of how bad it is, regardless of what the devil was doing to him in the garden, or because of seeing what's going to take place on the cross, regardless of how bad it was, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Now, if you can say 
this and mean it with all your heart. It'll help you. If you want His will for your life, and you believe that the one you're listening to and following and obeying is going to lead you and guide you and protect you, then when it comes up to something in your life, well, it seems like, well, this is so terrible. I don't want to go through this. And believe it or not, there's going to be a lot of things you do not want to go through in life. But you may say, Lord, I wish this would pass. I would rather not go through this. But nevertheless, thy will be done. And if you can always say, Lord, I just want your will, regardless of what it might be, how bad it might be, I am going to sacrifice my body, my life, to your will, and trust you. When it comes to the Lord, regardless of how at times it seems like this is not what you want, but whenever you decide to serve the Lord, you don't know where you're going. You don't know how it's going to end up there. And some things will be wonderful. There's parts of this plan of God you're going to love every bit of it. And then there's parts of it, it seems like, God, you must have made a mistake. But it could be the will of God that you've got to go through it. So it might be physical, it could be emotionally, mentally, um, who knows? And you're going to suffer in this life, and God will allow you to suffer. But Lord, whatever your will is, that's what I want. So, He did what the Father wanted him to do. Now I want you to look at number two. Things the will of God will do for you. Now, there's six things that are mentioned here. It will give you real substance to your life. It will bring enlightenment to your mind. Rest to your soul. Guidance for service. Protection in life. And it will get comfort. That sounds like a wonderful reason to serve the Lord. Look what it's going to do for you. Now take your Bible and turn to the book of James. I want you to see this verse, the book of James, and chapter 4. James chapter 4. Because as you and I live in this life, there's things that we're going to have to do. There's things that you're not going to understand. But notice what he says here, and starting there in verse 13. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city. And continue there a year, buy and sell and get gain. Now, you don't know if you're going to get gain or not. You don't know the future. You can't accurately determine what's going to take place tomorrow. You cannot accurately, 100%, say what's going to happen tonight. You probably are not even aware of what really happened today. Because of perspective and where you are. You don't see everything. You don't know everything. There could have been a lot of things happening today you haven't even heard about. Sometimes I never even watch the TV. I don't never know what's going on. Now, sometimes after three or four days, I finally find out a little bit about what's going on. And then I'm not sure I like what's going on, so I don't. But I like to read the paper once in a while. But I don't trust, just, I don't hardly trust anything. I, I trust the Bible. But look what he says in verse 14. Whereas ye know not. I didn't say that. God did. Ye know not what shall be on the morrow. Isn't that what he said? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. 
You don't know the course you're going to have to run tomorrow. You don't know what you're going to have to face tomorrow. But I know someone who does. See, I don't have to be the smartest man in all the world. I don't have to know everything. I just know the one that does. I don't have to know everything in those library books. All I got to do is go in there and read one, a few of them once in a while if I want to. But I don't have to know everything in the world. I don't have to know what everybody else knows and believes. I do think it's wise if I just understood my father's will. What does he want me to do with my life? And then trust him to lead me as I go. And that's why sometimes you'll study the Bible. See, uh, you learn a here a little, there a little. That's progressive revelation, understanding, where it grows little by little. You're growing in the Lord. The Bible makes this statement in the book of John, chapter 17. It says, if you will do the will of God, you shall know of the doctrine. God will teach you if you will do it. In other words, God wants you to commit first to do His will and then he'll reveal it as you go. But see, most people, they want to know this whole thing laid out so they can decide whether or not they want to do it or not. Now, in this life, that might be wonderful. But can't we trust God? Do you believe he's going to lead you down the wrong path? Do you believe it's going to be nothing but trouble if you serve the Lord? Well, it might be. But it'll be worth it. Anytime you sacrifice anything for the things of God, it means you just sacrificed something for something better. It means you gave up something in this world that you were going to lose anyway to gain something that you'll never lose. Sounds good to me. But look at verse 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It's a vapor that appeared for a little time, vanishes away. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will... We shall live and do this or do that. But only if God allows it to happen. Because do you realize that God has all power, all authority, and he can intervene into your life anytime he wants to? Did you know that if you dedicate your life to the Lord, expect God to interrupt your schedule? You see, we have our plans and we dedicate our life to the Lord and then get upset with God because that's not what I planned. That's not the way I wanted it. Well, it doesn't matter. It's not according to your will. It's according to his will. He has a purpose. He has a plan. The other night when we were talking about the depression, first of all, we have a perfect God. Two, we have a perfect book. And three, God has a perfect plan. Now, remember I said that Wednesday night? Because it's true. Now, I'm supposed to believe that God can work out his will in my life. I didn't ask to be born into this world. But here I am. I had no clue when I was that little snotty-nosed brat growing up that God had anything for me. Or that God could ever use a barefooted Georgia boy from the, a hick from the sticks. But God can do miraculous things. God delights in working miracles. He says that he'd rather take some dedicated nobodies. Because he says the high and the mighty, God doesn't use them. Oh, he can use them. But most of them are too big for their britches. 
So many are so filled with pride, God can't use them. God rather rest, reach down and get a dedicated nobody that he can use because he knows if he can't do anything. And he knows that if it wasn't for the Lord, nothing would get accomplished. God is looking for some people that will just say, Lord, here I am. Whatever your will is, that's what I want. I just want to be whatever you want me to be. And life is short. You don't get a chance to run this way again. We get one trip through. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.